Hey there, and welcome to Yes, a Stripper Podcast. On this podcast, we'll discuss how classifying each other as people and workers is dangerous to society and marginalized groups of people. We'll also talk about the climate in and outside of the strip clubs and all of the amazing things that strippers do. And of course, we'll talk about all of the things in between. I'm your queen, A.M. Davies, and this is Yes, a Stripper Podcast. Hey there, welcome back to another episode of Yes, a Stripper Podcast. Man, there is so much going on. It's so funny when things start to like pile up and all happen at the same time. And um, it's just perfect, the guest that we have today, because um, she is a very direct person. And something that has sort of been occurring for me in the last several days is dealing with very direct women. Um, I was with one last night. Um, and it was, you know, to, to, to start over, she, this woman in particular that I was around last night, um, when I first met her, I was like, absolutely not. Like, I, I don't like this person and I had no reason to not like her. And then I figured out last night, oh, it's because she's super direct and because she gets on the court. And what I mean by getting on the court is she shows up, she gets right down to business, she executes and she does it in a timely manner and she does it with no bullshit. And I realized last night, oh, my God, that is me, that the way she was behaving or the way she is, is an exact reflection of the way that I occur for other people. And so something that I do a lot is I always try to look at why is this person annoying me? What is it in them that I'm that the qualities that I possess that other people see? And so I had this aha moment last night watching this woman and like I started to admire her for her directness and for her efficiency. And and then I realized, oh, that is probably something about me that's potentially off putting to other people. Um, and so, you know, and I, I talked to my best friend Tammy about it um, because Tammy is also a very direct person. And I've also been dealing with one of my other best friends, Fox, who like is we've both just been like hammering out information lately because we're moving into a house and we each have been being very direct with each other and very direct in our other communications with other people. And, you know, direct women are scary as fuck to the majority of the population, right? Um, and so that's just something to remember and that when you do encounter a, di- a person who's being very direct, my, their tone might sound off to you, but in their head it might not sound off. So um, I guess I'm not really trying to give advice on the situation, but I guess what I'd like to say is ask more questions. When someone's being very direct and they're coming off as rude, just ask them, like, what do you mean by that? And maybe see if you get a different type of tone. But yeah, I just wanted to bring it up because I've known our guest Jordan Kensley for a while now, and she's probably one of the most direct and in-your-face type of people that you will ever meet and encounter. Isn't that right, dear friend? That's pretty accurate. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I've known you for a while, and I've seen you come up against a lot of walls and a lot of people who take what you say and sort of turn it into something else. You know, yeah, it happens quite yeah. often. Yeah. I find that in in most communities, um, stripper community, girl world, like just socializing in general, people don't like to say what they mean because we're taught not to. We have sure. to say what we kind of mean. Right. And when I grew up, I rode horses primarily, and so ninety percent of my time outside of school was with ponies. And horses don't deal with passive-aggressive communication or even passive communication. Well, I don't think they would even know. They, they don't. Like, they don't you understand I, tone, no. right? Well, and it's either like you have to be direct and ask for exactly what you want. Right. And same with other animals. Like, you can't reprimand someone like three days later. They have no idea what you're talking about. You have to do it within 30 seconds just because like they reset their brain. It's very Dory, right. if you will. And so that's how I grew up with communicating is like very direct in a barn atmosphere like you have three seconds this horse is loose like what's going on so you're just shouting out right whatever and then um I just kind of grew up that way and then also my dad is Arabic and I grew up in the middle of nowhere so I've constantly had to fight as a woman for 
like my opinion to matter. And right. for me, I just feel like I'm being resilient in my opinions. And like, I'm happy to hear other people's opinions, but you have to be just as passionate right. as you like for your opinions as I am about mine. Right. Otherwise, I completely understand why sometimes people feel bulldozed by my uh, right aggressive behavior. Well, something that I've noticed about you, because, you know, Jordan and I, we've been friends for how long now? Eight years. Yeah. And we've we've worked with each other on and off as well. And, you know, you're in the pole dance industry and I'm in the pole dance industry. So our life often overlaps. And something that I've noticed about you is a lot of times you'll text me something like, blah, blah, blah. What do you think about this? And I'm just like, well, X, Y, and Z. And you're like, oh, interesting. I never thought of it. I didn't yeah. see it that way. And so you do have the even though you're direct and passionate you have the capacity to stand back and like see things from a different angle and learn from it I try to for me I'm very much a visual learner and then secondary to that would be like kinesthetic or audio so like if I try to talk through my thought process which again if it's not on the right sounding board Mm -hmm. it's going to come off as like either mansplaining as a woman (laughs) or uh just like super aggressive and like really just shitty behavior right like like I'm just complaining when really I just want to know like what are your thoughts on this because I feel like I should be angry but right also maybe I shouldn't be like is there another perspective I'm not seeing yeah but it's really hard to find a lot of people who aren't immediately thrown off by that really direct yeah. Pointed. Yeah. Way of communicating. People are just a little soft. Mm-hmm. Europeans, not so much. I get along really well with Europeans. Okay. I find from uh, all the traveling that I've done in my life, I find that my personality fits really well in Europe. Okay. No, I don't think, to my current knowledge, I've offended very few people in Europe. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I think it has something to do with like, there's a language barrier, so direct yeah. communication when English isn't their first language is better for uh, communicating because there's no, like, entendres, there's no um, analogies I have to explain. I'm just saying what I mean so mm-hmm. that they understand what I mean, and yeah. then that way there's no confusion. Yeah. Whereas in America, because there's so many intricacies to the way we just communicate in general, mm-hmm. and especially, like, in personal situations where there's a lot of passion involved right from either one end or both ends that's where it kind of kind of get tricky because you have to make sure that you're getting your point across without necessarily in the way that they need to hear it not the way that you need to say it right and that's something that I feel like slowly with age and time (laughs) it's like life (laughs) well yeah I mean we can't there's so much to learn even in communication even though we've learned to talk since we were little little tiny things Mm -hmm. like there's still so much to learn and then I think that with like exposure to so many new cultures and ideas I think that we have even more on our plate these days like there's so much to be woke about and there's so much to pay attention to and then we're just getting bombarded with news and fake news and all kinds of weird shit. And it's like we're constantly learning how to communicate all of these things and how to like even – what's the word? Like soak in all the information mm-hmm. and then be able to like regurgitate it. And live it. Commun- Those are two different things. Yeah. Like yeah. Regurgitating and living something. Or- oh, my God. It's – Literally (laughs) so much pressure, you guys. It's like a lot, you know. (laughs) Like I'm here, but I'm not here. Like what's going on? Like yeah. (laughs) Um. Okay. So first, first things first. This is yes, a stripper podcast. So we have to let our audience know: Are you or are you not? Do you identify? I do as a stripper. I do identify as a stripper. I've had that conversation with my mom like four or five different times. How's your mom doing? She's good. She's okay. For a backstory, my mom's had cancer on and off since I was 14. So now she's good. That's great. (laughs) Uh, Which is great. And she works for Delta. So that's a thing. That's great. She's not really. Good benefits. Yeah. And she's not really traveling because she usually, like, she usually does. Asian tours, okay, uh, there and back to China, but with what's going on currently, oh yeah, the all coronavirus, Ameri- all co- like all American companies have halted any stops in China and most other Asian countries. Do you think too. Corona beer is like totally pissed off <laughs> that they named a virus after them? <laughs> Well, supposedly there's like, uh, I'm still looking into like the facts of it, but apparently it's a patented virus with like 
Oh, yeah, man. I'll send you the links and everything that I found, but there's like a patent for it. It's like it's a man-made situation. Of that's course been it is. Unleashed on the world. Yikes. Yay. All right. Well, this isn't Off a topic. science podcast. But yes, yeah. I am a stripper. Okay. <laughs> good, good. Sorry. No, no, it's fine. No, it's fine. We went there. It's chill. Um, but you also identify as a pole dancer. I do. Yeah. So, and for our audience, and I don't know if I've said this on this podcast yet, but there is a so not all strippers pole dance and not all pole dancers strip, mm-hmm. but there is, and like what I envision, and I just need to make it okay. Yeah, it's I like just, a Venn diagram. I just need to make it. It's a Venn diagram. And then maybe we should add a third circle for sex workers because mm-hmm. some sex workers pole dance and strip or just pole do... dance and don't strip. Right. Or just yeah. Strip. Yeah. So many things. OK. I'm going to do that before this episode comes out so that nobody steals my idea. Perfect. Do yeah. It. Yeah. Ooh, fourth diagram. Ooh. Pole dancers who support sex workers and strippers. Because that's a thing. <laughs> well, hence, I'd like to see that number grow a little bit the more. Podcast name. Hence the <laughs> podcast name. Exactly. Okay, so I say all that to say, so we know that you identify as a stripper. You said something earlier where you're like, you've not offended that many Europeans, leading us to believe that you travel a lot. I do. Can you tell us where and why you're traveling so much and how often you travel. Just lay it out. Um, so I teach pole dancing at an international level, and I travel to different studios around the world uh, to hobby studios and teach tricks and fluidity and choreography and, like, lap dance and chair dance and all of the different aspects that could be part of either a movement in the club or movement out of the club because I don't distinguish between the two. Okay. Um, Unless it's like specifically lap dance. I think that's the only workshop that I have where I'm like, you will never do this in a club because the floor is gross and you don't want to put your face on it. (laughs) Right. Or um, or like guys aren't going to- a lot of stuff in the club that most people wouldn't do. (laughs) So you never know. Fair. Fair. (laughs) Um, But I think pole dancers are like more likely to do- like a headstand in someone's lap on a competition stage whereas if you're not if you're only getting paid 20 bucks for a lap dance I'm not going to do a headstand you're getting some air dancing well, you're getting some titties in your face and you're well, like moving on if you're on the stage stage though, is different that's but like a really crowd pleasing trick stage is different though I'm talking like intimate so the workshop is very much like intimate one on one partner experience do you teach them to put their faces on the person's genitals absolutely okay good and their boobs right in their do face do you teach them the trick where you blow hot air into their ball sack yes oh my god and on their neck and on their Ear. Oh, that's such a good one. It's like a, it's like a, like a, like a heating blanket, mm-hmm. like a he- heating pad air. Yes, and the, the vagina. I like wish vagina. I had a ball sack so I would know what that feels like. <laughs> right, or like um, what is it that cricket used to do all the time, where it's like boobs right in the genitals, and you're just like bouncing. And oh, well, it, women, it's like one. hit or miss on whether or not that's gonna feel good. But men oh. are immediately like, oh, this is a boob job. I'm loving it. Like yeah, you don't even yeah. have to have boobs, I don't, and they're like, exactly, oh. yeah. <laughs> I think for the boobs and and the vagina, I would do more of a swirl, yeah. like a circular swirl, but not in the center. It would just be either the right or the left, or maybe I would like switch it off and do one Switching and then do the other. Nice. Yeah, so there's like the nipple, like the roundness of the boob gets right up on the clit part. Yeah, Ooh. and then you gently massage. Nice, I'm gonna use that. If yeah, that's and then cool. of course with women you do boob on boob. Too. Yeah, boob on boob. Is okay, great. so you teaching that in your workshops? Oh my god, amazing! Absolutely. Yeah. Well, because I mean, I feel like a lot of people who come to strip clubs are looking for a form of Im- intimacy right. that we can provide, yeah. and also like we're hot, so totally for us existing. So hot. Uh, yeah. But they're looking for that type of intimacy, which transfers pretty easily, in in my opinion, to like a personal relationship. Mm-hmm. Uh, if like I'm your partner and we're fucking as like a monogamous relationship, I'm going to do some more shit. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> <laughs> but I would expect somebody who's already had sex with you mm. to like be comfortable in their own skin enough to be like, yeah, I'm going to put my face in your crotch and like well, get yeah. up in your business. And yeah. like that shouldn't be such a weird experience. But I find primarily that 
strippers don't give a shit. They're like, yeah, this is my body and the human body and sex is a, a part of the human experience. So why should we be ashamed of that? Whereas pole dancers and other women who are trying to just learn to be sexy, usually for their partner, it's very um, intimidating and very like uh, nerve wracking because they don't know what to do. Like, what if they have come? Like, what if they have questions? What if they're talking to me? Like, so I kind of go through all of that. Really? That comes up. Like yeah. they get nervous being sensual and erotic for their already existing partner. Partner. Yes. Okay. Like, and people that they've been married for for years kind of thing. Weird. Yeah, I think so, too. I just, and not weird in a bad way. I'm just, like, I can't. No, just interesting, I, yeah. Okay, so this last dude that I was, like, seeing for, like, two seconds, I was, like, you know, I just did not give a fuck. And I was, like, mm, you like that? Like, do you like it when I do that, Daddy? Like, <laughs> And he being called me a pro, like, a different day. He was, like, you're basically, like, professional. Because it's Duh. fun. <laughs> you know, it was fun being in, like that and I didn't you know and I just and I think maybe because I haven't been on stage for a while and I yeah. haven't been able to flex that muscle I was like it makes a difference yeah and so for me that's like kind of normal yeah. to be Agreed. that way well so, you're one of the people that I'm like if you want to learn how to give good porn face you uh, need yeah. to go to this person's profile I don't know how she does it she just looks like she's having sex all, all the, time, the time just standing there <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, I try to like replicate. I'm like, it looks like this, but it looks t- so dumb when I do it because I don't have your facial features. You don't need the facial features, but like that, like that intensity with like the ice blue eyes that that stare into your stole, but like then the mouth that's just like, oh, I'm gonna take your dick so deep. Like it's yeah. just. Well, (laughs) it comes from, honestly, years of practicing. I started practicing when I was, like, 15. Like, I'm not, Mm -hmm. I was, like, I would sit in front of the mirror and make faces. And so then I, that's, I teach people now how to make porn face. Yes, it's it's a thing. We need it. Yeah, it's honestly, it's very uncomfortable for them. But towards the end, they start to get it. Because I make them do really ridiculous stuff at first to, like, get over, to, like, get, like, just stop giving a fuck about what you look like. shame. Stop being ashamed. Yeah. It's really really deep in our society. Yeah. Whorephobia Mm -hmm. is massive. And I used to suffer from whorephobia. I feel like every person did. Did you used to suffer from whorephobia? Until I started stripping, yeah. Okay. Literally, I walked in and was like, I don't know what I'm doing here. I just want to pole dance. And then by the end of the night, I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, this is great. (laughs) Yeah, totally. Yeah. How do we get the world over whorephobia? Um, my personal opinion, like what I personally do is I start Facebook fights with people. And you start Facebook fights. <laughs> Not legitimate Facebook do. fights. But yeah. like I'll post something that's very like pro stripper, pro sex worker, just pro uh, like the shameless woman. And I'll always get that one person who's like, like with the Hustlers halftime show thing with JLo and everything. And like, oh, yeah. Oh, I had one woman that... I only have on my Facebook because she's like a family friend that I can't. There's like weird politics on that side with the people that I where I grew up. Mm-hmm. Um, so I can't delete her. Yeah. <laughs> or I would. Damn it. Um, but she said something like, well, I have white Christian values. So, oh, yeah. It got. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. oh I have white Christian values. What? So maybe I just think better of myself oh. than that. But I found it completely Thank you, person in the other room also shaking your head. It was deplorable. I was enraged. What's the difference between white Christian values versus like... Any other race? Any other race. Oh, In America, a lot. Wow, 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 wow. Okay. So you basically, like, I've learned really quickly how to use people's own arguments against them. Sure. Uh, And honestly, I've gotten some positive feedback because when you start to use someone's... Uh, if they're open to change and you use their own words and their own argument to prove your point, that's when they the light bulb kind of tends to go on. So you start mirroring them. Yes, exactly. Name repetition. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Basically, you're like, oh, you're sitting cross-legged. I'll sit cross-legged. And isn't this super comfortable and not just for men? Yeah. well for those of you who couldn't see she just did the knee spread position similar to men on subways exactly which there's now a law against doing man spreading oh my gosh yeah you'll get a fine for man spreading on the on the subway that happened like a few years ago they started doing that yeah okay so we totally got off topic (laughs) 
Sorry. <laughs> We're supposed to talk about your traveling. We, oh, yes. We need everyone to know. So I tour internationally. Where you've been. I've been to 33 countries wow. in my life. How many continents? Um, Most everywhere except Africa. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And so, technically... So you haven't Arab, been to Antarctica. Haven't been to Antarctica or... Art, the Arctic North, whatever that one is. I don't think that counts. Doesn't it count? No, is I don't not? think so. Is it because it's attached to Russia? Yeah, <laughs> I, think, I think it's considered that. I don't think that there's a separate continent up in, t- in both up top and North bottom. North Pole and South Pole? No. no Just it. the South Pole. Everyone likes going down. No one right. likes to. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay. Oh, my God. Um, um, how often are you on the road? Because, like, you're never here. I'm never here. No. I'm here for, like, 24 hours at a time. Yeah. Um, so just in starting in January, I was in Brazil for, like, 10 days. I came home for three. Then I went to uh, Hawaii for four days, came home for 24 to 48 hours, was mm-hmm. in Canada, came back, went to Costa Rica, came back. I go to Vegas this weekend, and then I come back, and then I head to Bali and go on, like, my first wow. big international tour. Mm-hmm. Um, so then in March and April, I'll be in Australia and New That's Zealand. great. I'm really excited about it, yeah. yeah. I barely break even, but it's worth it because yeah, I get to travel. <laughs> You're rich in experiences and mm-hmm. and knowledge and like seeing the planet. Yes, one hundred percent. You know I, what's been your most favorite thing that you've seen, like city or situation or experience? Um, people wise, I think Brazil. Just I just went to Brazil for the first time, and the people there were so open and so honest with their emotions. And mm. I was there for pole theater. Brazil and I was judging and it was the only time I think I've ever cried so hard for pole dancing and for something that's been on stage and the uh just the raw honesty that was put forth along with the extreme technical skill that I was Mm. not prepared for right especially for like an amateur and semi-pro competition they just like blew me out of the water right on but they were open to talking about like LGBTQ rights and they talked about like the Amazon rainforest in a really beautiful way and then like uh, the economy and then quite a few stripper routines dealing with social media like they were very on top of for all the categories so not even just in like drama which is primarily focused on like storytelling capabilities with Mm -hmm. movement they were like the exotic category the drama category the artistic one that's based more on different styles of movement were like they all had this incredible theme and story that went with them Mm -hmm. which would make sense for the competition but is very rarely seen in my personal opinion it's like usually just like one or two that stand out and this entire country stood out and then everybody in the audience too was like no matter who went on stage the whole audience was there for them yeah which is also something that in america i don't experience very often uh it's usually very much a studio versus studio situation. And, like, if you have friends, you'll cheer for your friends, but you're not going to just <clears> cheer for, like, another competing studio. Whereas in Brazil, everybody was just happy. That's so nice. Yeah, it was incredible. And then New Zealand is my favorite country in terms of, like, nature. And then Paris is probably my favorite for architecture. I heard that the men in New Zealand don't use umbrellas because it's not considered manly. I don't know about that, but I will ask when I'm there. In I March. need confirmation. <laughs> if anybody knows this weird fact, please email us at yesastripperpodcast at gmail.com. <laughs> do, do Kiwis use umbrellas? Exactly. <laughs> Kiwi men, specifically. Well, but is it Kiwis or is it Maori? Because Maori's their native culture. I think Kiwi is slightly offensive. Is, is it? it offensive? I don't think so, no. Or Ki- isn't it? It's I feel offensive like the Australians it's... call them Kiwis. No, they call themselves Kiwis. They do call themselves. I think Kiwi is cute. It's super cute. Yeah. Because what else okay, are they? Okay, so it's not offensive. Not that well, I don't New know Zealanders. People, like, <laughs> Kiwi is a fruit. How did it even get to the word Kiwi? Because it's a bird first. And it's in the, nat- the natural oh. bird. Like, it's the country bird. It's like this little egg with a beak that's black, and it just kind of runs around. It's... Like a hummingbird? Kind of, but without, <laughs> with like no wing capability, it just kind of runs. It's like oh. a roadrunner, but like tiny. I'll send you a photo of it. So it's a mix between a roadrunner and, and a, a hummingbird. hummingbird. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> sure. Thank you. I need labels. Okay. That's how I get through life. But it's egg-sized, so it's super, Ooh, yeah. it's so cute. It's so adorable. Ooh, okay. Yeah. Or okay. egg-shaped, yeah. So kiwi's not offensive. No, All I right. Well, I'm so. glad that we figured that out. Um, did I'm you- not a kiwi, so I don't. Well, take any no. responsibility if it, you are offended by Either, that. Yeah. <laughs> this is from Neither. my own personal experience. I'm not responsible. <laughs> Did you meet Julia from Wegon 
in Brazil? No. Oh, yes, I did. Yes, she's, we interviewed. Yes. She's we did an interview. so I got really lovely. emotional. <laughs> we haven't met in person yet. So oh, Julia, so for those of you who don't know, is um, the director of a pole dance media company that is in Spanish and Portuguese. And so we have collaborated over the years through United Pole Artists my company that mm-hmm. I am the director of, and then with Wegon. And so we have been on WhatsApp, and we have phone conferences with each other for the last, like, two or three years now, and we haven't ever met each other. Oh, she's wonderful. I know. Her energy is just very, like, I know. brightening. She's amazing. Um, okay. Well, yeah. So talk to me about, because you in the Venn diagram are – you know, you're kind of right in the middle mm-hmm. where you support sex workers. Yep. Technically, if you identify as a stripper, you're technically a sex worker. Yep. And you're also a pole dancer. Mm-hmm. So how do you feel or deal with the all the things? One is uh, pole dancing derives from Indian and Chinese men from the 15th century. Um, uh, stripping is gross. Like that kind of shit. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. How do you deal? How do you? What are your... What do you do? How do you deal? Um, so I usually give a really long convoluted history lesson. Okay. Um, that's kind of like the short version is sex work has been women's number one, um, like our first and foremost job, but also the way that we've stayed safe throughout generations and centuries. Um, whereas men go to war and they have the strength to do that. Women back in like, let's say the 1600s or even like BC era had to rely on the gifts that we have which is like seduction and kind of like mental manipulation and it's more of like a passive uh calling if that makes sense okay but it's been like inherent in our in our bones and in our primal attitude since like the beginning of time because that's how we can stay safe is like if we can seduce uh, this giant man who will then protect us like I'm good to go man and then, yeah. then you have major players like Cleopatra or like the first geisha uh, women in the UK or or in Europe and that's where Europe and the medieval times is where you see the first split um, between church and state kind of or church and women situation. So you have like the witching era where when Catholicism and uh, Christianity became really big in Europe and like the Crusades happened and everything, that kind of time period, a lot of um, church uh, leaders would attach themselves to politicians to get laws made. in the way that they wanted the world to work. And women escorts specifically were doing more or less the same thing. Like if I'm attached, if I'm a sex worker or an escort and you're coming to me and I'm like your favorite person to fuck, like I'm going to be a lot more convincing. Well, maybe you should change X, Y, and Z law. Yeah. And because think about it while that would I be so attractive. Yeah. You know, like I'd be so, like I'd be so turned on if uh, women had the right to vote <laughs> or whatever. Yeah. Not the right time period, but that kind of idea. And so the church basically went against women <laughs> yeah. because it was their main rival in terms of po- like politics and getting yeah. what they wanted. And then it was also um, this one. Uh, this is really well thought out in terms of like witches specifically, witches, sluts, and feminists is a book that I, I read. And so it's really detailed in terms of like how uh, witch practice is primarily against attractive women or like uh, witch hunts are against attractive women who won't sleep with men or old women who are no longer desired by men. Ooh. And a lot of that comes from this very, I don't remember his name. I'll have to look it up so you and I'll send you all the info for... All the people yeah, online. Yeah, we need links and stuff, yeah. Um, but I guess this one major player in the pap- the papacy wrote his own version of, like, demons and uh, ways to avoid them, more or less. Mm-hmm. And it was just all about how much women were ruining uh, his life. And it, it's, it's very erotic, and it's basically the first BDSM book mm-hmm. that's ever been written, if you look at it that way. But that's the type of shit that he was writing, is, like, ways to torture women uh, Yikes. to get off, and ways, like, for him to get off. And it, wait, wait, wait. And what was his role in life? What was he his was position? In, he, was in the, he was very high in the papal see, so he was, like, a, like a bishop. Yeah, super religious and very high up there. And he had um, association, I believe, with a few different different countries in terms of 
um, mm. political power. Mm. So once that book came out, even though the the church itself denied the book, it was so popular within like just the generic communities, the general communities, that it became kind of a way of thinking. And with that, then you have um, Puritans coming over to America specifically. So a lot of my my knowledge that I've looked up is is primarily American based. So then Puritans came over and brought those same ideas mm-hmm. with them. And so anytime there was some some type of sexual aggression, you as a woman, if you're blamed for something, you can either say that the devil has corrupted you. Or you could say that you're totally fine and this person's a liar, but because he's a man and you're a woman, you're less likely to believe, be believed uh, based off of everything that's already been set in place for mm-hmm. millennia mm-hmm. and generations and yeah. centuries and all that jazz. And so it's just kind of like this constant downward spiral. And then from there, the last question that I usually... And so I explain all of this and then we have the speakeasy times. I know it's really long. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, usually this is an in-person question. Otherwise, I have like a note that's like a shorthand version that's just on my phone for everyone. Oh, my God. And amazing. I just copy and paste it because this yeah. question comes up a lot. Okay. Um, then you have like the speakeasies and how burlesque dancers were part of like uh, sideshow acts and everything and all of that. And then burlesque dancers stayed in speakeasies. And that's kind of how strip clubs became a thing. Um, yes and no. Yeah. Yes and no. part of it. Yeah. yeah. Super, more. super generalized yeah. version mm-hmm. to make a point. Okay. Um, Please look up your own information. There's so yeah, much. Yeah, go read books. <laughs> There's yeah. so much. Um, and then you get to the point where it's like, okay, so present day, what made you want to pole dance? And they're like, blah, 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 blah. And it's never, I saw this dude on a wooden pole yeah. doing flips that I'll never do in my entire yeah. life. It's that woman was amazing. Yeah. That dancer was incredible. Well, they could have seen Ken Cow, Kenneth Cow. Yeah, but even he's an now, Asian man that's on the pole, and he's incredible. They could have seen him. It's true, but he's creating a lot of uh, a lot of his combos are from natural movement and ballistic uh, environment and I'm, science listen, based. I'm and on stuff. Team Jordan right now. Let me just <laughs> okay. be clear. I'm just saying. No, I know, but I get that. I get those a lot. Or like, yeah. what about Dimitri? And it's like, yeah, but at that point, at this point in the pole world, we've all like we've created the ground but the first pole dancers were strippers 100% forever and ever there's a difference between Chinese pole and the Indian pole because Uh. women were never allowed to do that Mm. and so even if you had seen that there's no way you would be allowed to enter those worlds in the way that they were before pole dancing existed yeah but this goes back to horophobia exactly yeah so Mm -hmm. it's it's like well I need this this activity that I'm enjoying to have been derived from athletic men because I can't be associated with doing anything that in the past or current situation that sex workers do because I'm that horophobic mm-hmm. that I can't even I can't even <clears throat> admit that those whores have done the thing that I'm doing now. Yep, agreed. It's men, Chinese and Indian men. And a lot of times okay. now too, like we have so many different movement styles because we've so many different people from so many backgrounds of movement and of right. life coming into pole dancing and bringing those previous experiences with them. But right. without strippers and without sex workers, this wouldn't exist to begin well, with. Well, I mean, we're trendsetters. Do you mm-hmm. remember the time a few years ago when Steve Madden started making really like high platform type shoes? Like that started to become a trend. Yes, uh, clear stripper shoes are now on ASOS for $200. What the fuck, They're man? four fucking inches. What the fuck? We buy those for $50 from Pleaser. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's insane. So they're just like, you know what my friend Natalie Clark likes to call this? Culture vultures. Mm-hmm. They're just vulturing off of our culture. Yep. My favorite is when people tell me that strippers don't have culture. <laughs> I just died. I'm dead. Strippers aren't allowed to have culture because they're not a race. I can't. Well, first of all, thank you for the history lesson. Sorry. No, no, no. Don't be sorry. It was great. That was great. And I want to read all these books. I'll send you a ton of them. Yeah. And can you send us like titles so we can put in the... Yeah, yeah. Which is less than feminist. It's really short. It's a really great, great read. And the woman is like... She was actually at... um, Jack the Stripper's show in Cheetah's last year, I think in June, okay. right before she did, right before Jack did Soldier, the first Soldiers of Pole uh, event. We did that in September. September. Of 2019. Yes, last year. Yeah. Which is so almost she, June. So, yeah. So <laughs> it would have been in 
September, and that was when cheetahs was still cheetahs. Cheetahs. Yeah. So really quick history lesson on cheetahs, and we're going to be talking to some cheetahs girls really soon, so that oh, they God. can tell the story. But I'll just give a quick synopsis here. Old cheetahs or new cheetahs girls? N- old cheetahs. Old cheetahs girls. girls. Yeah. So cheetahs one day decided that they just wanted to shut down and renovate for two weeks, and then they fired all of their dancers. And then um, they got bought by someone else. Well, no, they didn't. That is a lie. We'll get into that on the next episode. Yeah, there's a lot of misconceptions, a lot of false information. I can't wait. Oh, yeah. We have all the details. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, so yeah, that was really shitty for them. And so, you know, I mean, you're not currently stripping in Los Angeles because why do you even need to? You're stripping um, on the Himalayan mountains somewhere. (laughs) You know, that's way cooler. AB5 kind of ruined that for me, and I won't do it. So. Really? Mm-hmm. So you have thoughts about AB5? Negative s- thoughts? I have so many negative thoughts about AB5 and positive thoughts. Why don't you, let's <clears throat> let's dissect that. I'm interested because I haven't really had the, the chance to have a face-to-face with somebody who is anti-AB5. So explain it so to me. So I'm anti-AB5 only because it was clearly pushed through without any thought for all the different aspects and areas of companies and industries that it would affect. I think that in general, AB5 for the the lawsuit that it came from was a needed thing for the reason of unionizing and not, um, not fucking over people who are working for you because you want to make an extra dollar. Like, take care of the people who work for you uh, in the mm-hmm. setting that's in the parameters that are set. So mm-hmm. in the lawsuit, I agree with it. So really quick. So just to be clear for anybody who doesn't know what lawsuit she's talking about in AB5. So there was a case called Dynamics. Um, it was um, a truck delivery mm-hmm. company that like midway through their business, they decided to reclassify all of their workers as independent contractors, stripping away all of their rights and all of their government funded like access to like, mm-hmm. those programs like workers comp and disability. And then healthcare, all of those Yeah. Things. And so they took that away and then the workers were like, no, fuck that. And then they basically went to court and then the workers won. And then what it did is the government was like, oh, like all of these people are misclassifying their workers and should be paying all this payroll tax and should be giving their workers rights. And then they created AB5 to sort of back up that law to make it even more illegal for employers to misclassify their workers. Mm -hmm. And so that's where a lot of my, uh, so I'm a Gemini, (laughs) a lot of air signs on my chart. Um, So I'm kind of split down the middle on AB5 because I think it's important for sex workers to unionize. I think what Soldiers of Pole is doing is really important because the other side is now AB5 has allowed a lot of strip clubs to run even more fucked up than they already were in terms of the money that they're taking and the way that they're charging us. Like I've worked multiple sales jobs growing up and I've never had to pay someone else a commission fee. Yes, but you did even before AB5. You paid. Yes, exactly. Yes. But it was but now it's a different way that they're doing it. So a lot of the clubs that I've worked at just similarly after and then I'm like I think two or three times. So I'm not super versed in it because after three negative experiences, like fuck that shit. Right. Um but like they're taking the first four lap dances just to go straight to your minimum. Yes, queen, wage. I know they're making you lap dance for free. Yes. It's stupid. Yes, it's as sex slave work. Do you understand that they're breaking the law? Yes. That's okay. why that's why I'm angry because like this I I don't appreciate the fact that there are so many barriers for women in our community and men in our community to to unionize and get the rights that we deserve. Mm-hmm. Whereas before, at least there was a very a mutual understanding that like I'm coming in. I'm paying to be here and I'm leaving with what I make for the most part. Yeah, but they were still that's still wage theft to mm-hmm. a, to an extreme degree. Furthermore, they were they're treating us as employees before uh, being classified as independent contractors. They were treating us as employees. So not only were they breaking the law by misclassifying us, they were also breaking any mm-hmm. potential independent contractor um, agreement because an independent contractor agreement, you show up when you're going to show up and you leave when you're going to leave and you don't get fined. And I, I've been using this example. When your plumber says, hey, I'll be there at two o'clock and shows up at three, 
Yeah, you don't then tell the plumber, you owe me $100 for being late. Yep. Right? And that's what's happening in the strip club. So they modeled their business off of wage theft, and then they gaslit all of us to Mm -hmm. think that that was better for us. Yes, 100%. And then people like me who lose half their foot in an automobile accident don't have access to disability or unemployment. So... While, yes, I understand, like, yeah, before all of the changes, it was better for us well, not because better. we weren't getting stolen from us. Not much. better. I'm I, using air quotes yeah. if you're listening. Yeah. It's not not better. I think the reason I'm pro AB5 is for communities like Lyft and Uber, where they're clearly not independent contractors. They're on a schedule. They're... they're um... But we were, we're on a schedule. No, no, no. Sorry. My brain just... I was in a car accident also a year ago. Oh, that explains it. Yeah, I was in a head-on collision. (laughs) And uh, anytime my heart rate gets elevated, which this makes me very, like, this entire discussion. Well, we're friends. Yeah, yeah, no, no, we're chill. Just the topic Mm -hmm. and the fact that this is still a fucking thing and we still have to fight for rights as sex workers just to be, like, treated the same as every other fucking person. That's what AB5 gives us. Yes, but I don't like how it's changed the way that the club is working and I primarily because I find that a lot of women in that community don't have either the knowledge or the courage to stand up for the club that they're in right the way that soldiers of pole is standing up for Mm -hmm. sex workers it's not yeah it's there's like what swap and soldiers of pole and like that's and that's it and those are like the only two major national programs that I know of there's the I think St. James Infirmary is another one. International Adult Entertainers, A-I-E-U. Yes. That's primarily porn stars, though, Yes, primarily that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Because those are the people who went up against Instagram, is the I. Them and Everybody Visible. (laughs) Basically. Uh, But they did it right before Everybody Visible created the account. Okay. They had, like, like whatever, and that's when the shadow banning got really bad. So there's, like, so many different things yeah we're just under attack basically yeah. for being women yeah. for being self-expressed for being sex workers mm-hmm. we're we're at we're at war basically yeah. we're at, we're at digital and like you know fiscal war mm-hmm. with people who um you know these people are just stealing from us they're yeah. stealing our culture they're stealing our money they're stealing our rights mm-hmm. and then um and then like you know fk twigs and jlo can pull dance with no problem you know so i think it it's it's frustrating yeah. as all hell it's super um, frustrating i hear your frustrations with ab5 let me tell you my biggest frustration with ab5 it's um that the government hasn't been making sure that the employers are implementing it properly. Thank you. That's my biggest frustration. Um, but because we have AB5 in place now, we can unionize. And they're the, only, the barrier left now is educating the strippers that they have all the power. Mm-hmm. That's the largest barrier that mm-hmm. we have in place. And for also because... Union unions are stigmatized and there's a lot of misconceptions around unionizing. So getting the education about the unions themselves and then giving them education like you have you actually have all the power if you're if you work collectively as a unit. And that's the biggest barrier. And without AB5 and without these employee rights. We there, wouldn't be we able to nothing. do that. Yeah. Yeah. So the negative for me comes from the pole dancing side because in okay. California, I can no longer go as an independent contractor to other studios that I don't actually work at and teach specialty workshops anymore as an independent contractor. So I have to go in as an employee now. Like if I went up to San Francisco, I have to go through all of those employee standards and everything. And now I'm getting, now I'm charging whatever the studio charged. It can't be classified as something different because it's already, from what I understand, because it's already under the scope of what the pole dancing studio. I don't think that's right. That, I don't think that's right. I think that you get classified as an employee, you get your minimum wage, and you get extra. Like, as a stripper, you get minimum wage, and then you get all the money that you make but on top of that. But studios aren't doing that. Well, that's on and, them. Yeah, and that's... That's their choice. That's So that's my personal reason for not liking it. It's right. not... It's that's a personal issue that I have experience yeah, with, it and like on you have a, a personal issue with yeah, these yeah. employers. Agreed. Yeah, uh, but on a wide scale, mm-hmm. I'm pro AB five. Okay, because I want people to unionize. I, mean, I want yeah. us to have like um, that woman who fell, and it's going all over Instagram. Janae Sky. Yes, I love her. Yeah. I've worked with her multiple times. She's incredible, and she sh- like there's no reason that she should have fallen, other than like 
all the different factors that go into pole dancing. Right. Well, she made a mistake and she fell. And there's no reason that she shouldn't be afforded all kinds of benefits for falling. Um, But it sounds like, fortunately for her, and I misspoke on another podcast when I said the club did nothing for her. They ended up actually giving her something. I don't know the details. After all the press, yeah. Uh, they did, but my point is I misspoke. Um, but yeah, of course, after all the press, they would have gotten so dragged if they mm-hmm. didn't. Yeah, yeah. I think they weren't initially going to, and then after all the press, they did. Mm-hmm. But I mean, how could you not? Well, but why does it take so much press to get the same rights because... as someone who fell up the stairs? That's the thing that kills me yeah. about like people who are anti-sex work. Yeah. Is like, okay, but you work for uber or you work at lyft like that was one of my other fucking things that like constantly pissed me off is if i got a ride home from an uber or lyft and it was never a man the men are always just creepy yeah you know how men are but the women would always try to save me if it was a female driver they'd always try to save me and i'd be like well why are you like why are you ubering yeah i mean that's a hella dangerous job for women Mm mm-hmm Girl, so. I could keep you here for hours. We're going to have to do this again sometime. I would love that. Yeah. I have so, many, so many opinions. We have to get to our other segments. That's okay. Damn. It's understandable. You're covering important topics. This is so good, man. We talked for a long, t- like longer than I expected we would. That was really good. I ramble. Want to be fabulous just like these strippers? Pay attention. It's stripper tips. All right, so you've had time to think about your stripper tips. Yes. You ready to give those out? I'm very excited for stripper tips. All right, tell us what your stripper tips are. Um, Immediately start saving as soon as you start working. Something from every shift. It's life-changing, and I wish that I had... People tell you that, and you're like, yeah, but it'll be here forever. And then something happens, and now you're not stripping anymore. You can't work or or whatever. What percentage of your income? Um, So I tried to save, if I made enough, I tried to save like 100 bucks from every shift just in like a random pile elsewhere. And then I also used my stripper money to pay off my credit cards every month. Okay. So instead of necessarily putting it into a bank account, I was using it to pay down my debt, Uh which- Nice. Depending on who you are, I would highly recommend that as well. But different strokes for different folks in terms of that. But definitely save something in a savings account separate from everything else that you do with that money. Okay. Just for later. Nice. All right. What's the other one? Um... You're just there to work. So be cordial. But like friendships, if they happen, are great. Like our friendship, I Mm -hmm. feel like, happened because we started working together. Mm -hmm. But you're not there to socialize and Mm -hmm. neither are the other women. And I wish I had known that when I first started Mm -hmm. um, because it would have saved me a lot of... (laughs) Yeah, a lot of trouble mm. and a lot of nonsense for me just trying to have friends and them being like, "Dude, you're interrupting! Like, right? Away. Like, co- stop cock blocking me." <laughs> um, and then the last one that I think is really important for baby strippers, primarily, because I feel like when we get older, we oh, we figure it out, is like if you frame a question in a way where a negative answer is positive for you, it works out better. So like, instead of being like, hey, do you want to dance? Or do you want me to, do you want another lap dance? Obviously, we don't like being sold to just in general. So they're going to be like, no, I don't. Thank you. But if you go, do you want me to stop? They're going to be like, no. Oh, that's cute. Cool. Thanks. 20 more dollars. Oh, that's cute. Yeah. Okay. I like that one. It's like sales tactics 101, but it's kind of a- it's yeah, it's and you just whisper it aggressively in their ear while you're like slightly choking them out, and they're usually uh, for it. <laughs> of course, the slightly choking them yeah, out. Yeah, just like trick. a soft, sensual, like aggressive touch right on their throat. <laughs> That's not scary at all. Okay, <laughs> it's not. Get ready for our rapid fire question round. It's time for four for one. Question number one. Have you ever masturbated while driving? Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes, I have. Okay. All right. Question number two. You see your ex while on a date with your new partner. What do you do? I probably laugh and then I tell my partner all the crazy stories. And then obviously we have to do something to like peacock without making direct eye contact. Oh, it's wow. a whole thing. It's a whole thing. I'm super fucking petty. I'll be like, here's all the shit. Here's all the tea. Let's do this thing. Oh mm, my god. Mm, mm. Wow. And then we leave. You or we go do something else. Definitely this has happened to you before. Okay. <laughs> um and keep this one short cuz it could be long, but what's your most embarrassing moment? Oh, I don't know so many. 
Uh, Faster. I know. I don't know. First I don't one. know. Um, First one that comes to your head. Say it now. I don't know. Now. I don't have any. <laughs> <laughs> I have so many embarrassing moments. Um, okay. So one when I was working at um, a club that's primarily stage oriented in mm-hmm. Hollywood, uh, we had a very um, well-known actor who came in and got a laugh dance for me. And I was still a baby stripper mm-hmm. at this point. So I didn't understand that when people ask you questions during lap dance, they want to be sold a fantasy. So I was just answering them like a normal person yeah <laughs> while giving a lap dance and he was like I bet you're a bad girl and I was like well my dad thinks I am but like my mom's really positive positive." <laughs> and like, I went to, oh I was having a moment and I went on God. like a, a good three song tangent yeah, how terribly Explo- embarrassing for you explaining my personal life okay last one have you ever hid behind a tree took your sock off then took your tampon out wiped yourself with the sock to then go and have sex with your cousin's cousin no Oh, come on, no, Jordan. Like, you're not living. I, I don't. Come on. Well, to be fair, I grew up in the middle of nowhere, Ohio, so we're all practically related there anyway. Okay. <laughs> that was good. That was good. Oh, shit. All um, right. All right, Jordan. Tell our audience how we can find you, find out more about you, follow you, all that jazz. Hmm. Lay it on us. Um, Primarily Instagram. If you're going to friend request me on Facebook. It's just my political feminist rant, so be prepared. But to see me primarily <laughs> naked and dancing, Instagram, it's just my name, at Jordan Kensley. Uh, I am super hella shadow banned, so make sure you go into the following section, and then you make sure that you're on the like notification section so that you can know when I post things mm. and be kept informed, and so that you don't randomly unfollow me, and I don't randomly unfollow you without any warning at all. Thank you, Instagram, for ruining your my life. Automatic things that we've not chosen to do yeah uh but that's the big one okay and my website is just my name everything's just my name if you just type in jordan kensley you'll find you'll find you good (laughs) well thank you so much for coming on the show with us today how fun definitely want to have you back for sure thank you for having me thanks for doing this i think it's yeah no problem thanks guys for tuning in and we'll see you next wednesday bye Hey guys, I just want to remind you to rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast. You can find us on Instagram at Yes, a stripper podcast. You can also watch this podcast on YouTube at Yes, a stripper podcast. And of course, make sure you follow us on Twitter at Yes, a stripper pod. Yes, a stripper podcast is produced by Mackenzie Mazel, Shelly Snyder, and yours truly, A.M. Davies. Be sure to email any questions or comments to yes, a stripper podcast at gmail.com. If you'd like to follow me personally, you can find me on Instagram at the queen of sexy. You can also check me out on my website, thequeenofsexy.com.